this is Ross Baton with Rule Public Radio. This is RPVR episode 169, our Gen Con 2019 wrap up. Uh, and for our first, se- we're going to break this up into uh, three segments where we, because a lot of us went to Gen Con, it's too many to fit around one table. Uh, so in our first segment, we're going to have Caleb, uh, Maddie, and special guest Sean Ferris, oh, hi. who's in from out of town to uh, talk, record other podcasts too <laughs> about Red Market. So, uh, but he went to Gen Con as well, so we're going to fit him in. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, there's no news except you know, uh, well, the big news is uh, personal. Uh, uh, if you haven't listened to the live episode yet, uh, Sean and I are married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Way to steal my thunder, Caleb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I proposed to Maddie, and she said yes. Uh, yep. So we are very much in love and very happy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so go listen to the live episode. And uh, the glow, the glow from Maddie's side of the room is kind of like it. I need some sunglasses over here. No, it's, it's apparently real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, you can also hear Caleb being very exasperated by the whole thing. Yeah. Very confused. It's it's very on brand for all of us. Uh, <laughs> Deeply <laughs> sad we didn't play Dread afterwards and just get on with the show. Uh, so yeah, uh, so that's the news. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, Gen Con 2019 was really good. Uh, ten out of ten would recommend. Um, and. Um, we all played and bought a lot of games, so this episode is going to be mostly focused on these games that we bought, games that we played, uh, other events we tried out, uh, the, you know, uh, also any new tips or tricks we've learned about doing Gen Con, so uh, let's just uh, get into it. Um, Caleb, you picked up a lot at Gen Con this yep. year. Uh, it's a place to buy things. It is. That is true. You, and I, I bought things. You did buy a lot of things, though. <laughs> um, so you were just... Was it quite a, Did you have a, like a shopping list ahead of time, or was it just kind of, ooh, that looks neat, I want to get it? Well, yes, I had a shopping list, but then, yeah, I also get, get <laughs> stuff. I mean, Origins and Gen Con, that's like the one vacation Sarah and I have every mm-hmm. year. Like, we save up literally all year to go there and mm-hmm. buy games. So, uh, we don't really regulate our spending okay. like we do you know, every other week of the year. <laughs> so, fair enough. Uh, um. And yeah, it's all for the podcast and, you know, it's all going to be reviewed on Mix 6 or mm-hmm. played on RPPR at some point. So yeah. it's all tax deductible. So yeah. <laughs> it's legitimate business expenses at that yeah. point. So yeah, there, yeah. yeah, there no, we go. Go crazy. Um, so yeah, I, bought a, I, I spent most of my time uh, demoing Party Foul uh, and drinking. Uh, so I didn't do a lot of like demoing on the con floor, but mm-hmm. I bought a bunch of stuff. Um I got some things that were sold out uh, pretty quickly. So I got Mystery House, mm-hmm. uh, which has not been translated into English. The rulebook's still in Italian, but it's app-driven in English, so I can play that. Um, it is a three-dimensional like box uh, in, in a sort of square shape, mm-hmm. but you put cards in these slots and it's sort of like a reverse of an escape room. It's a, it's a break in room mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to remove cards and things like that. And so you have to type things that you see it in the cards into the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only way you can do that is by constantly rotating this house around like lazy Susan around the table to look through the limited holes you have into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as you're doing that, you're removing cards and revealing a story through the app. So I've never seen a game like that before. So I, I bought it. Uh, Black Angel is the new 
Hotness by the people who did Troys. Uh, it is a very complex worker placement game with mm-hmm. a pretty crazy theme. So yeah. I played uh, that a couple times. Yeah, AIs in space, essentially. Yes, uh, humanity's dead. Your AIs competing to see who gets to, you know, reinstatiate the womb ship that you're flying through space <laughs> for thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, but it's really just a complex worker placement game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I got Home Brewers, which is a dice drafting brewing game, yeah. uh, which is getting a lot of buzz. I got Medium, which is the hot new party game that everyone's using, uh, and I played that yesterday, and it is fun. Yeah, it looked like you were having fun. Yeah, you draw two cards. Yeah. Like, like, if we were going around this table, and Ross is to my left, I would draw a card and say the word on it, and then Ross would draw one of his cards and say the word on it, and then and then Sean or Maddie is going to have to go three, two, one. Then we both have to say the single word that connects the words on our card. Mm. Uh, through, you know, ESP. Uh, but if we get it wrong, we now have to do the two words that we got wrong. And mm-hmm. we can't say the two words on the card. So if we fuck it up and say two different words, now we're essentially playing the game again with the two separate words we said, and you get three tries before you move on. And then it would be Ross and Sean playing, and Maddie and I would be watching. So the way you win medium is... You have the most points between you and other players. You're going to add up your points between you and the person on your left and the points between you and the person on your right. Oh, okay. And whoever has the highest single total is the person. Sounds like a pretty uh, scalable game. Oh. Yeah, it's it's like it's like three to eight. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's pretty good. Um, well, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go around and ask uh, Maddie because we also got some games. Uh, in particular, there was one game you were really excited about. Uh, we tried the demo. I was like, yeah, no, I'm sold too. Um, Mental Blocks? Yeah, so uh, what it is, it's a kind of like block building game. But instead of having like the final solution of what you're trying to build together, uh, everyone at the table has a perspective of what this finished product is meant to look like. So you have all these individual blocks of like different shapes and colors. And then everyone has either one side of like the four sides of this um, finished product or they have a grayscale isometric view of what this is meant to look like. And then you hand out a bunch of restrictions to everyone. Like some people aren't allowed to talk. Some people can only move blocks if someone else is also touching that block. Uh, Some people can only touch a specific color or a specific shape. So there's all these restrictions. And then you guys have to kind of communicate with like, well, I meant to see a yellow like rectangle here. And so I was like, well, I see a yellow triangle. So you got to like work out how this thing fits together as a team. And you've got a time limit that is uh, shorter depending on how many people are playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cute. Like it's made out of foam as well, which is like really novel because it's just, it feels good to play with. But mm-hmm. it also kind of makes it a bit difficult. Like uh, I didn't really want to take it to the bar last night because it's a bar and it's <laughs> foam. Yeah. But yeah, liquid's not maybe like, good for that. Yeah. At Gen Con, and we got what six people playing at one point, and mm-hmm. it was super fun. But yeah, it's a really good. You know, if you got a lot of people around that are willing to play. Yeah, you played that too, Sean. Uh, I didn't actually play it. I, oh, okay. the, I was sitting at the table. I was their judge. They gave me the uh, the card that showed like what the finished product should be, mm-hmm. uh, and I got to sit there and point and laugh at them as they <laughs> they tried to figure out what the hell they were doing. Yeah, uh, which was. Uh, 
I think, almost as enjoyable as actually getting to play. Yeah, a lot of people in the room were just kind of like stopping and watching for a bit and just mm-hmm. kind of like, this looks really cool. So, yeah. I, I ran out games. of the room because it looked like a team-building exercise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you to play sooner or later. Nope. Yeah. Come on. Nope. <laughs> I'm already trained up on Six Sigma or whatever the fuck it is. I'm a black belt or... <laughs> And synergy. Aww. Yeah, it, it was one of those. Um, yeah. I it was the one game I was kind of like looking for before we got to Gen Con. Of like, oh, I, that looks cool. I want to check that out. Uh, the one thing that was like throwing me is like, oh, well, if it's a you're trying to build a specific thing, mm-hmm. what happens when you've played the game? You've already built the thing. So I was like, well, where's the replayability in this? Eventually, you're just going to learn it if there's only a couple of things you can make. Uh, turns out in the box there was 60 different things you can make of varying difficulties. And then like with some Gen Con promo cards, we ended up with like 65 in the end. So, so uh, 64, 65, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we're not going to run out anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and plus uh, there's some replayability if you if, if, if it's the same object, but you're looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Or you're playing with different people or it's just been like, you know, two months and you've just forgotten. So uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the conditional stuff that came with it too, like if you can only touch certain colors or certain blocks or uh, if the one guy that can't talk at the table, like yeah. that switching up too, I think will make it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even if you know what it is, like if you're the only one who's done it before and everyone else is just like, you know, and you can't talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's still, there's still some fun in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I know, uh, Sean, you didn't really get anything. You were just there to play games. So. I was there to, yeah, play games and hang out with people. Uh, yeah. I, I constructed a little bit of a list, like the, the mental blocks was on the list of stuff to get, but I fly in. Yeah. So I didn't want to bother trying to either pay to ship a bunch of stuff back or figure Cram out how to how to get it into a bag to get it home. Yeah. So yeah, I, I usually go Amazon shopping whenever I get home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, so is that on your Amazon shopping? list? It is. Yeah. The, I actually went to go pick up Mental Blocks uh, and then never got a chance to get back to the, to the dealer hall uh, and get it before. Mm, yeah. Before yeah, they yeah. were closing. Did they close earlier this year? They close uh, at four o'clock on Sundays. So well, I, normally yeah, I had, it's to, leave, I had like, to leave early on Sundays. So. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah they close it's uh 10 to 6 normally but then the last day it's 10 to 4 because okay. it's sunday and people need to pack their shit up yeah <laughs> get the fuck out did a good idea their, their uh, demo for it was like scaled five times the size so like mm-hmm. it was big and flashy kind of thing when you oh, demoed cool. it. Cool, yeah. yeah uh yeah it was easy to to grasp uh yeah because that's what we did uh to demo it um, I mean, personally, for me, I also picked up a bunch of uh, RPGs. Uh, I haven't had much time to read them, but I'm pretty interested in them. I did get Dialect, uh, a new storytelling game about a language where all the players are members of an isolated community, uh, and you sort of help create their language. And it's uh, setting free, so it could be a fantasy, like you know, a group of elves isolated in the forest, or it could be like you're a group of cyberpunk hackers, you know, who are or a cyberpunk gang. Uh, who are fighting the man, and this is going to be your slang, your your particular <laughs> gang uh, uh, jargon. Uh, and it comes also with a deck of cards that you draw for various uh, elements. Um, and it's a very nice-looking book, uh, so I'm very interested to get into that. But, uh, yeah, it is it is a hardcover book. It's like 200 pages or something, so I haven't quite mastered that yet. Um, but, yeah, uh, Caleb, any other games that you're really excited about? Uh, I got... Never going home, the World War One horror game. Yeah, Tom, Tom, yeah. Wedding Games mm-hmm. and uh, Brandon Aiton. Um, it's got a D six pool system where five and sixes are successes, and you're going against a certain target number. So the GM's still giving you target numbers of successes to get. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you, the dice you roll is for the skill rating that you have, but your attribute related to that skill is your manipulation powers for that roll. So if you have like three dice in a skill, but that's hooked to three dice in brawn as your attribute, you can roll them, and then for every point of brawn you have, the associated attribute, you can raise a pip by one. Mm-hmm. So you could take a three up to a six with your three points. Mm-hmm. You can spend it to re-roll every die uh, that isn't a success. So that is a pip cost. So basically, your your attributes give you manipulation powers for the dice pool, and then the skill is the dice pool. Huh. Um, yeah, and it's there's a corruption mechanic, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I like, I mean, uh, because uh, it makes it a little harder to just sort of like min max to figure out what the what is the most efficient way to. I guess if you roll ones, you might as well re-roll them because that's going to cost a lot. Of- well, you can also spend stuff before a roll to get additional dice. Oh, uh, okay. you, there's a there's if if I run it, I'm going to have to make a cheat sheet of what your attribute oh, yeah. spends can do, but. They don't go away. That's like for every roll. So mm-hmm. like whatever you have. But if it chips away at your health, it takes away attributes. Sure. So you lose pool manipulation powers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a mechanic with playing cards where you're you're using playing cards to fuel things in your hellish. Uh, basically, the, the premise is the psalm was so awful and so many people died. It basically performed this necromantic ritual and ripped a bunch of soldiers out of reality because uh, there was so much blood on the ground. It tore through the veil. Uh, so like you do uh, when, if you're fueling like magic device, magic things, or you can also burn them to get additional dice manipulation powers. You, you give up a card in your hand, mm-hmm. but every time you have to describe a memory that your person has lost, like it doesn't exist anymore. Like, so Jesus. it's like my son's first birthday party. Going to use that to kill this. You know, Kaiser Wilhelm mech snake monster. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so it's it's a pretty cool system. I also got Band of Blades. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm eager to look at. But I, I mean, I don't know why I keep buying Fortune of the Dark Hacks when I haven't played once. Uh, but well, we I like reading them. If you have, um, never have time. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, then I got the new Eclipse face. So, yeah, that's my RPG haul. Um, yeah. Band of Blades I'm really interested in. I was tempted to get it myself because... Uh, the premise of that is that you're a fantasy company or so a company of soldiers uh, and you've lost the war and you need to get back home. And yeah. you're just like every every mission um, you have to go and do a mission. But like players take on a more uh, you're not just play, role playing one guy. You're role playing various characters in this company. So you play the officers and like the men doing the mission. Yeah, you play one yeah. officer. Yeah. But when you play the, the troop or the unit, whatever it yeah. is, you take on a role in a unit so you can die. Pretty much over and over and over again because you have yeah a lot of unit uh, cannon fodder characters so. yeah uh, so it's a little like military slasher flick from mm-hmm. what I've read <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it sounds very interesting um, it uh, yeah also on a mechanical level because of that I kind of want to see what Forge in the Dark can do yeah so uh, that's really cool um, yeah the other games I got were uh, skeletons. Ribbon Drive, uh, Dinosaur Princesses, uh, which are all sort of indie storytelling games. Ribbon Drive is a game about road trips and mixtapes. Dinosaur Princesses is very literal. You're a dinosaur who is also a princess. Uh, it's also part coloring book. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's going to be fun. Um, and then Skeletons, you're skeletons guarding a tomb. 
Uh, and like everyone, it's kind of a bit like the quiet year or whatever, where you come up with a map of the tomb and like what's being guarded there and who you were before you became an undead skeleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're only animate when there are intruders in your tomb. Uh, so, uh, what happens to the tomb in the centuries between, you know, uh, grave robbers? Uh, so all those sound very interesting. Um, and I can't wait to run them at some point. Uh, <laughs> I just have to inside you know, other games. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I've only done that a lot. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Maddie, um, certainly there were other, uh, you, you picked up the last copy of, uh, a game. Uh, uh yeah. So I got the last copy of, um, point salad sold at Gen Con, which sold out in like three hours, which was just ridiculous. Um, so like demoing it a bunch that morning, um, they had the designers demo, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, I heard of this game uh, via the Mix 6 tweet. Like, see this game. It's good. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out, give it a quick demo. It was about, like, lunchtime. Uh, demoed it. It's a bunch of different vegetables, like six in total, uh, in a two-by-three grid. And then you've got uh, the rest of the deck is, like, on top of each of those rows as uh, your point conditions or, like, uh, victory conditions. So I'll get one point for every tomato or... If I have a carrot and a tomato, I get five points. And on the back of every card is a different win condition. Like, So none of them are repeated in the deck. And I demoed it. And it we had six people on the table. It just went really quickly. And like everyone caught on to it so, like, so quick. It was really fun. And I was like, man, it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. I'm here. I'll, I'll line up. I'll, I'll get the game and then do lunch. And yeah, it was like the last coffee sold. I was like, oh, damn. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I've played it a couple times then because, yeah, it's a very quick game to teach and to play. Uh, and it's very fun, uh, although it can be very frustrating because um, there will be a card that you really want and it never is there by the time it gets to your turn. So you're like, don't even look at the, the board between turns. It's too... Yeah, there's a lot of games like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, when we were playing it last night, that was that every time I'd look at it, I'd be like, okay, I need this card and this card. And then it'd be Ross's turn, and the cards that I needed were suddenly gone. Yeah, like, every yep. time. Don't make a plan until so, it's yeah. your turn. Yeah, it's. Uh, but Sean did a great job with that. Um, yeah, they sold out in three and a half hours, and they didn't premiere it till Saturday, which is wild. Yeah, uh, it's just bananas to think about. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, three. It's up to uh, minimum. Is it minimum two players or three players? Do you know? Uh, I think you can play it one player actually. So oh, it's okay. one to six. Yeah, one to six. Uh, yeah, cards, easy setup. Family friendly theme, you know. It's uh, also small yeah. enough you can just like take it with you. Like mm-hmm. I was just carrying it around in my backpack at Gen Con for the yeah. next day because it was just easy to like pull out at any point, and, you know, have a quick game with someone while we're waiting mm-hmm. for someone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were selling out of stuff like the Quacks expansion, Black Angel, that. Mm-hmm. Um, how we sold out of two supplements that the IGDN booth for red markets, which nice. is been, yeah, I didn't expect that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a big year money yeah. wise. Yeah. I mean, it was their biggest year ever apparently. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good on them. Um, you also got a game that you just right in the beginning that they don't even sell, but for some <laughs> reason demoing at Gen Con. Yeah, yeah. It, it was weird. Like, uh, I was walking faster within like the first hour and there was like no one at this demo table. I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll sit down. It's like this weird Jenga kind of looking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Kozo. So what it is, is uh, instead of like having your three by three grid, the middle square and outside of that, you're not allowed to go outside of, and you've got all these asymmetric shapes. Uh, so anywhere between two to five different tile blocks, um, 
like these three-dimensional shapes and you got to stack yeah. them. Every time you stack them, you put an even smaller block on top so it becomes more difficult to stack blocks on top of each other. Uh, like you play three rounds. Um, the first person to like knock it down doesn't score points for that round. Uh, if you somehow don't knock the tower over, which Sean managed to do last night. It was amazing. I yeah. can't believe I, I've not seen that. I've played that game no. so many times. We've always knocked the tower over. So <laughs> uh, Then like you just both people keep your points. Um, it's like super fun. It's like, great. Uh, how do I give you money for this? Like we're, we're not selling it. It is available online though. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, but you won the demo. I'm like, yes, good, cool. She said, no, no, you can pick a game from our back wall. I'm like, oh, so... But this game's on that wall? She's like, yes. I'm like, so I'm just going to take it then. <laughs> All right, so this is mine now. She's yeah. like, yes. I'm like, do, do I have to sign anything? She's like, and I just go. I'm like, this this feels like Steely. Okay, I demoed a game for 30 seconds and got there a game There was so much of that at Gen Con this year. This game's great. I'll take it. No, we don't. We don't have it. It's, we it we're not actually no, selling it. We're yeah, starting it in like five years' time. So much of that this year. Yeah. Like, Oh man, I've never seen it that bad. Like I've always seen it, but like I, it's man, like every booth had two or three things you couldn't buy that they were showing off. Yeah. I mean, the Kickstarter ones I can understand because they're like, we're doing a Kickstarter in two months. Sign up for our email list or whatever. Like, I mean, you, you want to build the hype for your Kickstarter. I, I can understand that, but like, if it's already available for sale, why? Not? I mean, I maybe for some of them it was just too hard to sell. Like, they're not- uh, I don't think it's that. It's like I don't think they could get stuff over in time like uh, okay. for gen con i think a lot of people had limited print runs like yeah the mystery house version i have is in a fucking tuck box like mm. it, it not even has like it doesn't even have like a lid box like wow. it's got a untuck box so mm. uh i think a lot of stuff is like prototype runs al- almost so mm-hmm. i mean quacks the the herb which is a convention uh, I had an exhibitor badge, so I was back there. But they they were selling five before the before the things opened because they sold out within the first half hour every single day. As they kept on, they'd get them in and they would instantly sell out in the first <laughs> half hour. And so I had to wait there and be the first one of the first five people <laughs> in line uh, at the exhibitor hall. So yeah, it was it was nuts. Uh, a lot of stuff sold out. Yeah, yeah I know. Um just for a friend, I was getting the um, Cyberpunk Red kit, the um, Jumpstart guy. Jumpstart guy, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so uh, I picked that up, and I know another one of my mates just wanted the dice that come with it because they they've like backed it, so they got the PDF and all that. They're like, "Oh, can you grab me some dice?" I'm like, "Yeah, no worries." So I, I bought the kit. I was like, "Oh, could I also get just a, a couple of pairs of the dice separately?" And their shipment just didn't make it in time for Gen Con. This was like on yep. Sunday when I got it. And they're like, yeah, it's just not going to arrive. And I'm like, wow, because that's, they probably would have ordered a huge amount. And then just to have yep. it not show up is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, oof. yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, yeah. Speaking of dexterity games like Kozo, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Fish was very nice and he bought us a copy of uh minute work which is a uh dexterity game uh it's it's kind of like rhino hero in that you're sort of building a building but you're also putting construction guys on them but your cards also have to detail what the construction guy's holding so you have to balance like a plank or a ladder or a tool or something on the little construction guy as the little construction guy is balanced on a girder meeples yeah okay uh so I haven't played that yet. And then there's uh, Mega City Oceana, which is really cool because it's a city builder, but it's a 
It's trying to be a city builder on, you know, like, hey, the earth is sinking. We're going to have to start building cities in the middle of the water. So you build your building up to meet these requirements of, like, how it fits on the hex and how tall it is and what type it is. But then um, nothing counts for points until you move the hex out to the water. And so you have to slide this precarious thing you just built onto the middle of the table <laughs> and join it with the rest of the city if you want to get points. So it's very much like a, a tactical, you got to plan your city building kind of thing and your adjacency bonuses, but then it doesn't count if you can't ease it into <laughs> That sounds a lot place. of fun, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it sounds like a heavier dexterity game yeah. in terms of uh, chunky I mean, rules. Choice but. of choice of table would have a big deal to do with that. Yes. Game. You need yes. a good table. I'm glad that. I have a new table. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, cool. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, were there any other games uh, that any of you played? Uh, Jing Kai, we've talked about quite a few. Um, See, uh, the only other one that I know of was uh, was Dune. Oh, yeah. Because that thing was massive. And as a Frank Herbert nerd, um, I can't help but love it. The spies. Even, yeah. even though spies. like I, I don't know anybody that has a table big enough for that thing. Yeah, I did walk by it. It did seem like a Arkham Horror-esque, like, never-ending board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the 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 board for that game is massive uh the the like turn of demo that i got to do for it though uh very thematically appropriate for dune mm-hmm. there's definitely uh several things that you can be doing within the the actions that you are obviously doing uh and ways to make it uh, you know faints and counter faints and kind of stuff like that so it i think thematically it's a it's a pretty good uh, approximation for the I wish the board was just like desert. Like there was nothing to do. It was just it was brown. <laughs> yeah, are you going, you're going with the Dune minimalist? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Arrakis is big, man. Yeah, yeah. The Michelle Gondry, like, <laughs> it's just brown construction paper. Yeah. Glued on cardboard. It's just cardboard. Yeah. It's, it's just brown cardboard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you think you would get that game eventually? Uh, yeah. It wasn't for sale yet. Oh, uh, um, okay. Are they uh, are they kickstarting that, or is that just uh, coming out later? It's just coming out later. I think. Okay. Uh, I didn't see any information for a Kickstarter for it anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, there was a couple things like, you know, available soon or mm-hmm. things like that. So. Then, then probably not. Terror uh, Terror Below, which is the new uh, yeah, definitely not yeah. Tremors game. <laughs> Uh, I didn't, totally, totally not trimmers. I, I didn't buy it, but it does all. It also has a distinctly very brown board. <laughs> it is intensely brown. Um, yeah. Do you have any idea how much the Dune game is going to cost? Uh, I believe it was going to be over a hundred. Ooh, it's, yeah. It's it's big and it's pricey. Yeah. But, uh, if it's if it's your kind of a thing, I, I think it'll be grand strategy. Yeah. yeah. Twilight Imperium. Yeah. yeah you, I don't know. you know those Dune those Dune nerds are gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna shape up for that. Yeah. If you're on a table large enough for it, a hundred dollars probably isn't much to you. Yeah. Just. (laughs) Yeah, it's self-selecting. Also, also, if you're doing Dune, like they're probably already into 40k, so they're used to spending a stupid (laughs) amount of money on things. I mean, that's not that's not a that's not far off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. People forget that 40k uh, not only ripped off like Aliens, Terminator, and every other sci-fi franchise, they also ripped off Dune. So like, yeah. yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, was inspired by. Sorry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I'm kind of curious, uh, Caleb, you mentioned earlier that you got three laws of robotics. Uh, yeah, uh, Brownie got that for us as okay. a gift. So I haven't actually played it yet, but I, I mentioned it's a smaller card game. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I also got Pass Tally, which is a little like Karuba, mm-hmm. uh, in that you 
are it's building only, pads. And it's also odd. It's because it's only a two to three player game, mm-hmm. uh, which I you don't see very often. Uh, but you put these uh, colored cubes around the board, and those are the areas you have to connect with this sort of hex circuitry. Uh, but you can play on top of other people's spaces, so you can like rewire other people's paths and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an abstract game about like drawing these lines between these uh, variable starting and end points. Uh, so, oh, cool! I that, haven't tried that one yet. That does sound uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I really did like Karuba. So but yeah. yeah, but I don't know anything about Three Laws. Okay. Um, other than that, I just got. The expanded Quacks tokens, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, uh, we got those as well. Oh, uh, God, they feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got Orleans, uh, which is not new, but I just wanted my own copy, so I didn't mm-hmm. have to keep borrowing Spencer's. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Uh, cool. It sounds like we all got a good amount of, well, for those of us who are in the uh, getting loot, we got the loot or the good shopping list. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other things uh, that you're definitely going to put in your shopping list after this Gen Con, aside from mental blocks and uh, Eclipse Face? Two oh, okay, was, yeah, was on there. Uh, yeah, the, the I hear mighty, it has some good writers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the mighty tome that it was, uh, yeah. reminiscent of Red Markets. So I was like, you're gonna charge me extra for baggage? Like I could have put that one in the in the the checked luggage, but they'd have been like, okay, it's overweight now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. Between yeah. between that and the Red Markets, book, also they do not luggage. like when books of that size go through the <laughs> baggage <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck d- is this? Yeah, the one time I tried to check Red Markets, they were not pleased. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you need to come over here, sir. I'm like it's just a book. It's like the X-rays can't penetrate it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a big one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Aww. So, um, well, speaking of red markets, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just uh, mentioning Brownie. He he did uh, give me a cosplay prop that's definitely not a flamethrower. Um, so that was super nice of him. He, he managed to somehow fly with most of it. So that was interesting. You can- you can do anything as a white man in America. <laughs> Just getting on a fucking plane with a flamethrower. <laughs> Didn't he have like a screwdriver or two on yeah. him? And everyone was like, fine, just get on. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <Just> baffling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, big shout out to Brownie uh, for his generosity. He also, uh, he also brought me coffee to both the Red Markets games that he, he played in with me. Aww. So like yeah. super yeah. big props to him. Yeah, like, yeah. Brownie's pretty cool. Um, yeah, speaking of Red Markets games, uh, Sean and I both ran uh, Red Markets um, this year. Uh, I only ran one game, uh, and uh, it sold out, but only two players showed up. But it, I let them control the negotiator as like a NPC sort of. So yeah, they, yeah. Uh, and they did the oil be back job, so they didn't. It did the job didn't require violence. So, yeah, <laughs> like they were fine with it. Uh, and they had a good time. They made a lot of stupid decisions and nearly died multiple <laughs> times. But like they had fun, cool. and they yeah. wound up making a profit. Yeah, a lot of no shows this year. Yeah, um, uh, is what I heard. Right. Yeah, I, have, I think I was at six, or one table had seven or eight. Like I had some. Yeah, oh, nice. Chris up, so. never had anyone miss his games. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But uh, Nick was there for like 20 minutes one time, and no one showed. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, Nick, Nick had a complete, complete no show. show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but I heard that was going all over the place. I heard there was a lot of people who had tickets and didn't show up to just games in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes me wonder if uh, what what the cause of that. I mean, some of that would be like my game was on Saturday, and I imagine some players by Saturday are just like, oh, a noon game, fuck that, I'm going to sleep until like four or whatever. Yeah, I think some of it's exhaustion, and yeah. then um, it's nerds. 
they're mm. they're just flaky. Bad, yeah, really bad at doing things on times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you that last year when I ran, uh, I had one game that like only two people showed up for, mm-hmm. and that was actually my favorite one that I ran. Like those those two guys just went ham, uh, you know, full ham on it. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. They ran yeah. the Prodigal Lives. Oh uh, yeah. And then, like they one one turned vector, like right before they met the aberrant. Uh, so no, it was yeah, it was fantastic. Um, was your the game where one of the players? I heard that when one of the red markets game this year, uh, uh, the team decided to execute the negotiator PC because he was betraying them, uh, or they thought he was, and he turns out he was. Uh, so was that in your game? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, there were several, um, you know, players being executed by the party. That, that wasn't uh, uncommon. I don't think. <laughs> um, Apparently so, the raccoon leg got yes, some more. The, the raccoon leg is. And explain the raccoon leg. For <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's in the random rolls table in the back of the book. Uh, you, f- you come across a raccoon on the side of the road, like digging into the dirt. Uh, and off in the woods are some meek. And some latents <laughs> doing a little uh, shady deal, and the raccoons like trying to dig up rations and uh, grenades that one of the parties has buried on the roadside. Um, but for whatever reason, and it's not even like uh, you know, you said the sevens and threes or whatever, like the most common thing. Like it's not a seven or a three <laughs> to roll this leg. Yeah. But uh, the ten k lakes has had the raccoon, raccoon leg come up like I think six or eight times. <laughs> um, I had it come up last year at least once. And then I think it came up at least three times this year. Yeah, it's a real so, persistent raccoon. Like it's a it's a thing. Like it's it's become its own thing now in the in the greater red markets verse. Like, yeah, I did see there was a group chat for this, and like I just remember like fucking raccoon leg. Everyone like they're so fucked. <laughs> it takes another victim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris just did like a Leroy Drinkins on the jet, like raccoon leg. <laughs> Uh, they were just calling it out every time it happened. Like it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I a need a leg. shirt that just says raccoon leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's like, there's like, you know, five or six of us that would totally buy that. <laughs> yeah. That and that, and there needs to be something that just says that red markets. Fuck your legs, because yeah. <laughs> leg damage is a thing. It works in so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, of course, Maddie and I, uh, uh, so that was fun running the game. And it sounds like you had a lot of fun running games, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. definitely run Red Markets next year, uh, Gen Con. So, um, so Maddie and I, uh, not only did, uh, did, uh, did some events, um, we did, uh, we played Space Hulk, which I talk about in the, our Spulk. next, Spulk. Yes. Uh, I'll talk about in the it's next segment because we also played with, uh, Jason, Renee, and Aaron. Uh, but uh, Maddie and I went to the D20 Burlesque show on Saturday night, uh, and it was quite fun. Uh, Maddie, would you like to talk about it? I mean, it was just super fun. They did have a little bit of technical difficulties, which, yeah. you know, just like, it's close to my heart as I'm going there, like, I've been in your situation. Oh, damn. <laughs> but, like, the show itself was just super fun. Like, the first lady that came out was, like, the abominable snowman, mm-hmm. like, a full fursuit that, like, strips down to, like, sexy stuff underneath uh they had a mix of like both uh burlesque and boylesque so like uh male and female um they had like very diverse people which was lovely to see because mm-hmm. i mean i've done a lot of burlesque shows that are just like very skinny white women and that's it so mm-hmm. that was just really fun to see and like you could tell the performers were all really enjoying themselves like there was a waluigi there was a castlevania 
Yeah. Like a whole bunch of different like just nerdy themes. Was uh, anyone actually a sexy D20? Uh, no. No. Le- oh, bull- bullshit. Just the name Lame. of the troop. <laughs> no. I yeah. want an actual, like, I want someone. They probably have in the past. I want someone to come out as a dodecahedron, yeah. and there's just 20s on all sides, yeah. and then just do, like, a rocket thing. It's I was like, oh, it's all less. critical. <laughs> yeah. No, you got it. No, 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 no. It's, it's that, but then, like, the it's just normal numbers, but then, like, they pull it open, and then they have pasties that have nat 20s. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the big show-off. Yeah. Oh, that's the reveal at the end. You got to build up for it. Yeah, yeah. I think the the highlight was the uh, final act. That was a uh, sexy Dolores Umbridge. Mm-hmm. So she came out in her like oh, petticoat, her little wow. hat, uh, <laughs> like you know, sipping a cup of tea, and then uh, closer by nine inch nails starts. Mm-hmm. She like strips off the petticoat. She's got full BDSM gear underneath. Yeah, she's like whipping herself and like puts on thigh high boots, and it was just really. Really enjoyable to watch <laughs> for the, all those Harry Potter fans out there. Yo. Uh, it's, they said it would get, it's the weirdest boner, you, uh, boner you'll get all night. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, a I hell mean, of a subtitle. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's Burlesque at Gen Con. What else <laughs> would you expect? Yeah, um, I mean tickets for that were like twenty bucks or something like that. So, um, but you know, it's it's two hours of. It was on uh, the main stage. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, the ballroom and the uh, convention center. Um, yeah, everyone's having a lot of fun. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, uh, Maddie. Yeah. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was it for ticketed events. I mean, the rest of the time we were just hanging out with our PPR people. Um, this year we we spent a lot more time in the mornings catching up with people, which was really fun. Like it was a really nice way to start the day. Like we went out for breakfast with mm-hmm. Burke and Sean and Jason, Aaron, and all that. Yeah, uh, Cafe Patachow. Um. Yeah, yeah, such a good place. Like, yeah. uh, it's about a twenty-minute wait, maybe if you get there at like eight a.m. But it depends, yeah. But yeah, there's a bit of a wait. But it's just really good coffee, really good food. Yeah, and it's just a perfect way to start a Gen Con day. Yeah, like, without yeah. just going like, oh shit, I just got to get up and get to the exhibit hall. Like, yeah, they had to, their their best thing is they have to serve your own coffee. Like they just have a bunch of uh, uh, things, uh, thermoses set up with coffee. And you can just go out and like get multiple cups, so you can get as caffeinated as you want. Yep. Um, you don't have to wait for a waiter. Um, Brownie's yeah. just over there, just pouring yes. it directly into. His <laughs> no, no, this was this was too too dignified of a coffee. <laughs> yeah, Brownie, like Brownie is comfortable in the shame that he, that he has for coffee. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a Starbucks across the way. I think he's just yeah, yeah, hunched in a corner, chewing directly <laughs> on beans. <laughs> yep. some sort of feral beast. Yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, he did do that at one of the games. Like he, he he hands me a coffee when he sits down, and then like fifteen minutes into the game, like he pulls out bags of. Chocolate-covered espresso beans. Yep, he's also and he's like, I want to eat these. And uh, if chocolate-covered espresso more, beans like, are good. I don't like. like yeah, I, I don't disagree. But like, he's eating the beans as he's drinking like his third Starbucks. <laughs> and I'm like, my heart is already like starting to hurt uh, watching this. Like, <laughs> he's doing the same at the Glancy game as well. So yeah, yeah. it's very cute. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we did record a Glancy game. Uh, that was quite fun. Uh, we'll uh, we'll just have you can listen to the actual play when we get it up. Uh, uh, crit fails are always entertaining. Uh, yep. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Uh, and I, when I crit failed an attack roll and hit Aaron, it was fine. 
Um, well, he fucking deserves it. Albatro. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, so, yeah. Uh, did you... Uh, so, before we end the segment, uh, did it, any of you learn anything new for, uh, you know, uh, any tips for maximizing fun at Gen Con for next year? In terms of, like, new food places you discovered, uh, new other little things? Yeah, you, you have to lift everywhere. I mean, yeah. God, they just make Indianapolis harder to get around every fucking year. They just <laughs> find new ways. Like... They're going to start doing, like, pit traps with punji sticks soon. <laughs> like, it's just wild how hard it is to get around that city. Like, every road is under construction. Every- <laughs> um, if you have balance, I don't. Uh, those scooter things are pretty useful mm-hmm. for, for navigating. Yeah. I used the scooter deals a couple times. Uh-huh. Uh, they were really, really convenient. Like if you were going somewhere like off the, the grounds, yeah. the convention center itself, um, just they apparently jacked their prices up for Gen Con. Mm, weird. Uh, Makes sense. Cause like I took like one down just past the circle, uh, yeah. the mall and like, it was like six bucks. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy crap. Okay. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, while yeah. it is convenient, like you, you they, yeah, they're proud yeah. of it. Yeah, this was the year of the scooter, man. They had a shitload. Yeah, those, they, yeah they were everywhere. Yeah, those scooters go like twice as fast as they do in Australia. They're like, ah, you guys can handle it. It'll be fine. <laughs> there there yeah. are apparently places where they are mandated to go slower. Huh. Uh, I like I, th- I thought the one that I was on broke or something, which you know my big butt on a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. scooter thing. I was like, that's not surprising. But. I got out of that area all of a sudden, it like zoomed off. Oh, like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like how, I, how I didn't end up like flipping over and breaking something, I don't know. But wow, that's pretty fun. Uh, now I can see a red market shop. Uh, there's an enclave that uses scooters to get around. You need to go into their, uh, uh, you need to hack all the scooters so they go too slow when the zombies come, <laughs> sabotage them, um, or scooter raiders. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> skaters skaters <laughs> scooter yeah um yeah very good tips anything uh else uh i would say um i i i know caleb's not gonna like this but i did like island noodles they're they're very good no i, I yeah. they're okay yeah. like they're fast yeah. like th- that is the one thing that every food truck and food place outside of the con center has been missing for literal decades at Jimmy. yeah it is Get in line, get your food, leave. Like yeah. it's a brilliant business model because every other food truck has failed that basic <laughs> premise of food truckness at Gen Con. It's yeah. like go to this one place, order your food, wait forty minutes outside in the heat uh, with a bunch of other sweaty nerds. Island noodles. You go outside, you get in line, they throw some noodles at you, and you leave. Like, <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's. They changed the game. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like they, <laughs> they could expand a lot and make a shit ton more money. And I think they probably did pretty well as is because yeah. it was just cheap, low main. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. but it's fresh. <laughs> There's vegetables, so like you know, it's somewhat. It's well, it's less unhealthy than the other. Options. Yeah, but it's ten dollars to th- yeah. throw a scoop of low main at you and tell you to leave. <laughs> and every, I, I, just, I was personally grateful. Like, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's why I do the con chicken strips all the time because it's like at least I can do it in ten minutes and not uh, an hour and a half waiting outside for a food truck, which is mm-hmm. what every time. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I might go to the food truck place with something other than scorn in my heart for once. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh well that's that's uh I mean how better to end this segment than on that heartwarming <laughs> message. Uh all right. Uh when we come back we'll have more of the RPPR cast talking about Gen Con.
And we're back uh, with this, you know, episode on Gen Con. Gen Con. Gen Con. Exuberantly. Yeah. Gen Con. Uh, for this segment, we have Tom and Greg. Hello. Uh, hey know. there. Yep. Uh, because, uh, yeah, uh, they we want to get a broad coverage of everything here at Gen Con 2019. It, it, was, it is an event. It was quite the event. It was a very big event for me. But uh, I as, can, wh- Whoa, wh- what happened? <laughs> yeah, uh, listeners, uh, the RPPR Live episode should already be out by this point, so you should listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, but anyway, we should get into the Gen Conning. Um, so, Greg, you... Bought or tried out a lot of board games this year. I did try out a lot of board games. I wasn't volunteering with anybody this year, so I was able to take my time in the dealer hall and just hit all the booths that I wanted to, and then some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one product that I went in being 99% positive I was going to buy, but before I hit that one, I need to talk about We're Doomed uh, yeah. from Breaking Games. Uh, this game... I really make impulse purchases with board games, but mm-hmm. it had such an evocative style, and it was only $20, I think. Mm-hmm. This game is Prisoner's Dilemma, the card game. <laughs> it is, it's four to ten players, and you're all... Uh, congratulations, you're all world leaders, but the world is ending in 15 minutes, and you have to collaborate and pool resources to create a rocket ship to get yourselves off the world. In real time. In real time, yeah. The yeah. game comes with a 15-minute sand timer, and it seems easy enough. You can take actions to produce resources, and then you pitch them into the, the project, and great. But then events start happening, which add new rules and complicate the things. A little bit like Flux, but even mm-hmm. crazier. And then somebody starts doing the math and goes, oh, I need to get some influence. So if we don't meet our quota, I don't want to be the last one on. I might not get a seat. And so people start acting in their own interests. And then other people go, hey, what gives? I'm going to start stealing resources from you. And then more events pile on. And the the breakdown of relations is magnificent in that way that kind of illustrates how people function mm-hmm. under extreme duress yeah no um i actually did get to play this too um at the uh uh one of our meetups i think the thursday one uh yeah and i bought it that day yeah. and uh, we played oh, was it that three, your was that your copy yeah we played okay. it three times in rapid succession and we had we had six players in three games and we had one survivor yeah um, I think that was the game that I played in because yeah, uh, I, I started as the theocracy, mm-hmm. which uh, it gets influenced more efficiently than anyone else. Uh-huh. Uh, and so like when I realized the mechanic, like there's no point in putting in resource points unless you're going to be first player. Yeah. So I was pooling, building up both and not really contributing until um, someone played a card that let, let everybody switch their seats and Patrick uh, or a friend of RPPR uh, just made a beeline for my seat because he saw what I was doing and like grabbed my seat. So the theocrat did escape, and it should have been me, but uh, yeah. I got I got stabbed in the back at the last yeah. minute by uh, the UK. It it's a very uh, it's a very rock paper scissors game. Being yeah, the yeah. theocracy is very powerful because you get to build influence so quickly, but you've also got the autocracy, which mm-hmm. can 
is has an easier time nuking other players, but you don't want to nuke people too early because you don't want to have those additional resources unavailable to you, and you don't want to make too many enemies yeah. too early. Well, so. yeah, unless one of the players gets the uh, card that makes them like want everybody to lose. Essentially, like they only win yeah. if every if the, no one escapes. The the yeah. event cards cause all kinds of uh, mayhem, and just when you think it can't get any weirder, it does. Yeah, Tom, did you play that? Any didn't get a chance to, but it does sound like something I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah again twenty bucks. It's a pretty pretty justifiable impulse buy uh, it, it is i can yeah. see some people not being keen on the player elimination aspect and the arbitrary rules changes mm-hmm. but the games go so fast there's one card in the deck that makes you flip the sand timer other than that every game is exactly 15 minutes long yeah so nice yeah um tom you bought a board game too yeah i bought the uh diehard board game yeah which uh it sucks. I've yet to be able to play it, but because I really want to. So. Right? Have you looked through the rules? Yet? I have. I have. It's. Is it like competitive or co-op? Are all the players working together? It's or are they... both. Uh, there's, okay. Okay. It's uh, it's four four players max. Mm-hmm. One player is John McClane, mm-hmm. and he's trying to do his own uh, objectives through the three acts. Mm-hmm. The other three players are playing the thieves, mm-hmm. and they are trying to either kill John McClane or complete the heist. Which means, you know, unlocking the uh, seven locks on the vault. Right. Or the, sorry, the six locks on the vault and then blowing up the roof, mm-hmm. you know, so they can turn the power off and then open the vault. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I like, yeah, the 3v1 um, uh, mechanic. That's um, It's hard to pull off in board games, but uh, when it does, it, it can work very well. So yeah. I like that. So who would you be playing as? If you, honestly, uh, in your- honestly, I'd rather I'd rather start as the thieves. Okay. Yeah, one of the thieves. Yeah, it's part of a team. Rickman. Yeah, one of you, one of the thieves plays, actually has the Alan Rickman token. Aww, <laughs> and yeah. the others just play the other various thieves. Nice. Uh, no, that sounds cool. Uh, we'll have but to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, there's elements. It's a little like slasher flick because John McClane can really easily kill thief characters. <laughs> oh sure, no, of course. Like that's the whole point. Um, mm-hmm. Thieves have to use teamwork, and John McClane has to be a well, kind of a jerk. Uh, and, he has to be a cowboy. He has to be a cowboy. Yes, thank you. That's the word. I'm sorry. He has to be a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Um, but uh, speaking of games with cooperative elements, you got the new Power Rangers uh, I, board game. I Heroes did. Of the, Heroes of the Grid. Is that it? Yeah, Heroes Here. of the Grid. It is better than I think an intellectual property board game has any right to be. <laughs> uh, these these types of games kind of have a reputation for being cash grabs and appealing mm-hmm. to people who oh I sure. want to collect all the things. But I did get through uh we'll call it two games because the first one was two player but we did i didn't understand how to set it up for two players until the Mm -hmm. very back of the book but uh yeah the tension escalates very quickly Uh, there's there are great teamwork mechanics so everybody has each ranger has action tokens but there's no established player order so players are encouraged to collaborate and decide who's going where. The The city of Angel Grove is split into four sectors, plus the command center in the middle, where you can fall back to recover your your energy, but right, that right. costs you valuable action tokens. So you have to collaborate and figure out how you're going to divide your forces, whether mm-hmm. you're going to go all in on one location and make the best possible use of your teamwork mechanics, or whether you're going to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Um, each combat has a shared energy pool, and once you're in battle, the turn order goes 
good guys, bad guys, good guys, bad guys, good guys, sure. bad guys, etc. So yeah. it's it's not like each play each ranger has to go in sequence. Again, the teammates are encouraged to collaborate and decide. Okay, do you play all the cards while I hang back and just take hits? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That could be frustrating for some players because that if it means one player is like sitting out a lot of the game. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it yet, so it is. I hope that uh, once I play it some more, the the combat mechanics will get a little snappier because Mm -hmm. in the four player game that we ran we did wind up splitting our party two and two and so while while one half of the party is in combat the other half can still talk and contribute but they're not Mm -hmm. mechanically doing anything i gotcha interesting uh the other thing i thought was really uh, uh interesting was each ranger has a 10 card deck Mm -hmm. and the cards at the bottom have shield icons on them Mm -hmm. your deck is your source of power, but it's also your health. If your deck runs out, your ranger's knocked out and has to fall back to the command center. Every time you take a hit, you mill cards, you discard cards from the top of your deck into your discard pile until the number of shields you've revealed equals or exceeds the amount of damage you've taken. Hmm. Interesting. So there's a strategy to deciding how many cards to draw in the first place and then how to... If your ranger has these abilities, how to stack the deck to mm-hmm. make the best use of your defense? Oh, interesting. Are there like is it is it just like one type of game, or is there like multiple scenarios to play through? Uh, there aren't scenarios per se. the The core game comes with uh, one boss, uh, Rita Repulsa, of course, mm-hmm. and four uh, mini boss monsters. Uh, you uh, shuffle two mini bosses at random into the deck and you stack it kind of like pandemic so Mm -hmm. the first round is always going to be nothing but uh, putty patrollers Uh, the second round is going to be putties plus one monster round three putties plus one more monster and round four the big boss interesting and so you really have to stay on top of things to keep the whole city from getting overrun Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, I was thinking pandem- uh, pandemic when you were describing a little earlier, a little mm-hmm. bit like keeping the contagion well horde of bad guys down. Yeah. Um, so. It escalates very quickly. Uh-huh. Like pandemic has that nice kind of gradient. Oh, God, mm-hmm. it's getting worse. It's getting worse. We need to get on this. Power Rangers goes from from zero to 60 just like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it might be a little too fast paced. Again, I need to play it some more to get a sense of what's the right way to approach it yeah yeah, yeah. but the demo was very good and the mechanics are very accessible i think cool yeah uh it did i did see the minis i did see you playing it the the minis look very good uh i would have to say that um tom of course speaking of monsters and heroes uh this is not an official event but you got to play this superhero game that i hear is pretty cool base raiders (laughs) Uh, yeah it's weird it's uh, yeah okay i don't like the premise now the premise is it's like you're raiding dungeons but it's superheroes yep Yep. It's crazy, right? Sounds pretty great. People should definitely buy that. They should totally um, buy that book. But yeah, friend of the podcast, Micah, uh, Nielsen, was ran yeah. a three-part game? Yeah, he actually has had this scenario for a long time. Yeah. And actually on several Gen Cons, he's, we, he's run the uh, first part of it for many different groups of players. But this is the first year he's gotten to run all three sessions of it and mm-hmm. finish it. Nice. Uh, what's the basic plot? Uh, well, we get a job. To uh, investigate this, it's like investigate a video that shows like this homeless guy wielding a plasma pistol, screaming about this artifact called the Feather of Victory, mm-hmm. which essentially, <laughs> essentially, it's like it's like it's if you possess it, yeah. you, your biggest goal will be achieved. Oh yeah, uh, is, so- is it a magic feather or is it just a magic feather? 
We don't. Or is know. that the plot twist? Yeah. Uh, the plot twist is he's actually trying to get you. Well, you know, to awaken a uh, kaiju. Oh, yeah. Fun. And, like you do. Uh, and it involves, I don't want to give too much away. Cause, sure. Because we're going to post this. Ooh. Well. Wait, do you know where it's going to be posted? <laughs> uh, I think, well, I think Mike is going to give the scenario to you to post. Uh, okay, sure. But uh, uh, let's We can post say, it on Tabletop Tales and nothing But it involves, like, it's got kaiju and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And us trying real hard to deal Not with. Not let that happen? Or just survive? Uh, deal with yeah, it. Yeah, deal with it. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I got to I got to play uh, foot high science guy again. <laughs> and yeah, when you got a three hundred foot tall kaiju and you're a twelve inch tall little amphibian dude, yeah, it puts things in perspective. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, but no, it's uh, and the fact that we got to run it. Well, actually, first of all, we tried to run the uh, third. We tried to run the third part right after the uh, RPPR meetup. Mm-hmm. That didn't work so well. <laughs> yeah, it's like people were loud and not really being considerate. And also, they were drunk as shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Surely <laughs> not. Essentially, yeah, all the players had were on some level of inebriation. I don't know, except yeah. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you weren't the only non-drinker there, Tom. You can't. I know, but I say in this game, I was. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, finally, I think we both, Mike and I, went to the bathroom. We came back. All the other players were like, "Yeah, we just realized um, we are." <laughs> not going to make it through this oh so you did you pick up the we next did, day we picked it up we just restarted the next day mm-hmm. and finally finished it and the look on micah's face when he finally finished, he's like oh my god i finally play tested Aww. all of this <laughs> that's cool uh yeah if, uh, uh i'll talk to micah about that um i mean i did talk to micah at Com, but you know things are a blur i was kind of distracted yeah. by various and things see him, and we're gonna see him yeah yeah next week. um so yep uh, no, it was like, no, good scenario, yeah. and uh, good to get back to a character I know very well. Aw, that was very good. Um, yeah, you mentioned some other board. You 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 went on sort of a board game buying spree a little bit. Uh, I I did. I I managed to stay. I went a little bit over budget, but not as much as I usually do. Uh, but I did have to hold myself back from a lot of games that looked interesting, but mm-hmm. they just weren't quite as high on the list. Um, played a demo of a game called uh, Tuki T U K I. Um, it's a dexterity racing game. Uh, there is a deck full of cards that have a pattern on them, and as players, you have uh, three or four colored blocks. The blocks uh, have to be arranged vertically in the pattern indicated on the board. There's also a die that you roll to determine which way the pattern is orientated. So you've got, I don't know how many cards, but say 50 cards, you actually have 150 different potential patterns. Mm-hmm. And then once that pattern is determined, you you set it up, and then every player tries their best to set up those blocks in that way using these these white blocks, which are <clears throat> ostensibly snow, right. as as props. Interesting. That nice. sounds fun. I'd like to try that. How many players does it uh, handle? Do you know? Uh, that's that's the one thing I have against it. It is ostensibly a three to four player game. Oh, but the but it only comes but it only comes with three sets of blocks. Huh. They they had the table set up for up to six players. I uh-huh. guess they had two copies laid out. the The way the demoer described it was: you can play four players, and one person just sits out each round. Which to me sounds like it's a three player game. Yeah, but, but whatever. You, I, I guess you could always buy two copies of the game, but I think if they had up can the it price, do just two players, or does it need a minimum of three? I don't remember if you can do just two players. I don't see why you couldn't, but yeah. it probably plays better with more people. Yeah, I, I don't see why they couldn't have upped the price point a little bit and just thrown in one or two extra sets of blocks much, that way. How much was it? Um, 
I want to say 35. Oh, yeah, 35, yeah. I don't know. Mm, yeah, interesting. I mean, I want to try it. I want to try it before I uh, render uh, too much of a judgment on it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's hmm. interesting uh, sort of decision there for number of players. Yeah, that's that's why I held off on it. If, if yeah, I yeah. had the money, I would have splurged a little bit more and gotten men at work. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, any other uh, board game highlights you want to talk about? Uh, highlights? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Because you did I, mention in our notes a couple of games that I could uh, like fifty two one one, five two one one. That was yeah. that was very near the table that was running Tuki. It's a card game that's kind of a press your luck uh, bluffing game. It feels a little bit like poker for people who aren't super into poker. Yeah, um, every player has a hand of five cards, and then everybody plays two cards face down and then flips them once they're all out. Mm-hmm. Then draws one, then plays one then draws one more and plays one more hence 5211 uh, okay. and at the end of a round if a the cards are suited by color and if there are six or more of a given color card in play those cards bust uh, they aren't worth anything and mm-hmm. the the one color that is represented the most without going over that threshold gets scored okay. so so at the end of your turn if green is scoring and you've got a green two and a green three you've got five points okay. so you want to you want to seize first place but you don't don't want to push so hard that you bust on that color so you're kind of diversifying but kind of focusing but also what, looking at what the other players mm-hmm. are playing have played yeah sounds interesting um uh, switching back to RPGs for a second, because I know, Tom, yeah. you yeah. bought another RPG that I looked at, too. I saw it at the IGDM booth, booth um, and I was very intrigued by it. Uh, Never Come Home? It's Yeah, uh, let me make sure I got the title. No, it's Never Going Home. Never Going Home, okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, World War One horror? Yeah, it's a su- World War One supernatural horror. Mm-hmm. Kind of the premise is it's uh, like... I think during at some point, I think it's 1916 during the war. Sure, there's just a massive explosion that no one, you know, it's heard from like, you know, like from England. Okay, you know, that's you know, pretty like volcanically loud. Yeah, and no one knows what caused it, but mm-hmm. after that, it's just um, you know, spoopy stuff starts appearing all over oh, the battlefields. No. That's spoopy. Like, like uh, you know, like seemingly sentient clouds of mustard gas that actually seek you out from like behind corners oh, and wow. things. Ooh. Or uh, barbed wire snakes. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, that's horrifying. And oh shit, I want to use that in the game now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like it's essentially it's like uh, it's like something from the war broke through, like you know, the veil which separates mm-hmm. the, you know Earth from this you know dement. It's kind of like the outer black from esoterrorists. Sure. And now all this stuff seeping in, and your tr- and now now magic is real. Hmm. And you're trying to survive and also not be corrupted and essentially become just part of the uh, monsters and just wander off where you will show up, you know, a week later fighting your, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's got, you know, you know, soldiers are rising from the dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite, tanks become sentient predators. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And okay. yeah, yeah uh, they had they released three books, and I bought all three of them. Yeah, one is the basic book, one is the book of magic, mm-hmm. and the other is the uh, bestiary. Okay, the bestiary is weird. Yeah, no, I mean, 
Yeah, you sounds like it. Barbed wire snakes, or yeah, because yeah. I think they they like they said they said think of everything you a picture of trench warfare in World War One, make a monster out of it. Yeah, like there's yeah. one like there's this bat creature that it just looks like a flag flapping in the wind on like a some you know some, on some trench, but it's actually like a creature waiting for you to come near. <laughs> wow, nice. So yeah. yeah, so no man's land became an eldritch abomination. Yeah. basically. Uh huh. Yeah, the whole war and like and. And of course, you know, the officers, like, you know, the governments are denying that this is happening. Of course. And uh, so they refuse to let the troops withdraw from this obvious haunted waste, you know, haunted <laughs> wasteland. And now all your, and, and yeah, it's clearly not designed for a long campaign. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, you're probably going to die or become, one of, become, be, a become one of the disfigured, as yeah. they're called. Um, what, what, did you read anything about the system? Like, game mechanics, is it I, powered by the apocalypse? No, no, it's, it's from wedding games. Okay. And, uh, I've, I, I, I need to study the, I was more just, I, the, the setting was, sure, yeah, no, I, I know you, the reading about the monsters is probably, no, it's also World War One. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But, uh, no, I haven't had a chance to study the rules yet, but it's a, apparently character creations real quick. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're, you know, you're dealing with a character that's not long for this world. I oh, don't, what? I don't understand it. <laughs> what? Uh, and that's brand new for this year, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It also, I, I know it does rely on uh, playing cards as well as dice. Yeah, it's also, yeah, actually, yeah. No, I remember seeing and, those, um, yeah. They, they, are they just special playing cards? It's just- regular playing cards. They released this uh, artist for the game, released his own set that were amazing, but unfortunately sold out when I got uh-huh. there. They said they're going to have a new run of them. I think in a next month. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, you use that for. A, I think a lot of combat stuff in it. Yeah. Um. I okay. Yeah. Well, that I mean. We're, it, we're it, used to that. Yeah, I would. I would be really keen for an actual play of that if you were. Oh yeah, I, I need to study it, but I'm totally. Yeah. I think Did I would you get like, the PDF for it as well? Uh yes, I got the uh I think I got the PDS with it. Okay. Well, um cuz I know uh from any press revolution, um you have to email them your receipt, your emailed receipt in order mm-hmm. to get the PDF. Um, if not, I'll check in on that. Okay, yeah, you definitely do that before uh passes too long. I don't know what the IGD I, I think the IGDN has a similar policy, but you have to email them. Right. Like here I bought this book, please give me the PDF. Um because yeah, uh yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, it's not a big book. It's real yeah. pretty thin. Yeah. And also, have every single book has adventures in it. Oh, that's good. Even the bestiary mm-hmm. and, the, and the magic book. Is it? Uh, do you do you remember who wrote it? Uh, if it's their first game or not? No, it's Wedding Games. They uh, they did the other game. I'm going to talk about. Okay, we'll get well. Ooh, yeah. we'll get that a little teaser mm-hmm. for you. Um, but uh, uh, speaking of role playing games, though, you did actually get to play an official ticketed uh, RPG. I, I signed up for three RPGs over the course of the weekend. I made it to one of them. <laughs> the first, the first one canceled because everybody but me canceled at the last minute. The oh, second yeah. one, I overslept. Never word of the wise. Never schedule anything before ten a.m. Yeah, um, yeah. But Oof. I did make it to uh, Epilion, run by Magpie Games, which coincidentally I ran for Magpie last year. So I finally got to it's see full that circle. from the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it was worth uh, every minute. Yeah. The the GM was very good. Uh, we did the typical powered by the apocalypse. Uh, character and world building collaboration. We answered the leading questions and determined how we each grew up and what our relationship is with each of the other players. Mm-hmm. And while we're doing that, and while we're establishing 
landmarks that we had interacted with with these other significant characters. The GM has flipped over the team sheet and is drawing a map of Dragonia with with landmarks, not not a gridded mm-hmm. atlas map, but one of those old timey. <clears throat> here's the larger than life uh, locations, p- places of interest, represented as gigantic. Like here's this tower in the middle, the size of a mountain. That's the capital city. Um, we had uh, two characters, uh, myself and one of the others, that had uh, mechanically there they had no effect, but my character was a aquatic dragon, mm-hmm. which I thought, oh, that'd be fun, It'd be be kind of a sea serpent type mm-hmm. creature. And one of our other characters was playing the warrior, and by one of the leading questions, we established that this character has no sense of direction; he gets lost very easily. The game ended with the warrior uh, marking all of his conditions and going shadow self, which is akin a a more family friendly version of like darkest self from Monster Hearts. And we had to convince him to ask us for help. So what we end up doing is um, surrounding him and going, "Oh yeah, you've got this great plan. You should you shouldn't do this here in the middle of a desert, which is mm-hmm. where the adventure took us. You should do this at the capital." Great, I'm going to go to the capital. Where is it? <laughs> and so we dicer rolled, long story short, we get this guy all turned around uh, until he finally gets frustrated and goes, fine, I, I admit it, I need your help. And we have that nice little, you know, My Little Pony-esque moment where the, char- the, the cast character recognizes their fault and mm-hmm. embraces friendship and teamwork and all that jazz. Nice. And... An NPC that uh, had been corrupted, but that we managed to snap out of it, was was underneath this city that we discovered and was hoarding, was trying to hoard all the water in the world. We broke the curse, uh, the the place got flooded, and we couldn't talk to the other dragon, the elder dragon, to see if they made it out okay. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I'm an aquatic dragon. I dive. And so we had these two things that had <laughs> no real impact on the game until that moment. Sure. And we we had good players. Uh, there were a lot of good uh, teamwork moments where one of us had an issue and the others had to somehow deal with it. Yeah, no, I, it's really good when you can get a con game in where the GM knows their shit and all the players are also like everyone's in, in like insane. a bunch of strangers are like all focused and like all yeah. in the same wavelength. They're yeah. 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 Every everybody leaning in, actively yeah. listening to mm-hmm. the other players, looking for opportunities to to bounce off each other's ideas. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. Fantastic um, game. Yeah. Um, one more RPG I do want to mention, of course, because uh, Tom picked up a copy, um, and that would be uh, uh, Eclipse Phase Second Edition. So, yeah. have you had a chance to look through that yet? Uh, I have, and uh, obviously, I am familiar with the system because we've done it. Well, the system's changed, so you're not anymore. It's oh, it's more. From second, this second yeah, edition, it's little, new and improved, Tom. I'm talking about the uh, that that where we use the rule, the PDF little, the little thing with the rules in it. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's even been tweaked a few times. I'm, I, I know what I'm going to do is like learn it from scratch. I'm going to reread everything and assume I don't know anything about the system. I mean, I've obviously looked through it, and it's like, yeah, yes, it's like, yeah, because it looks like, I mean, this is what I've seen. Like, it looks like some of the complaints I have have been addressed. Yeah, like switching bodies is now. Way, way easier. Way yeah. easier. Yeah, it's just changing your mocks, your your uh, pools essentially. Um, you're not. You don't have to change all of your stats. Uh, <laughs> and, there, and by that, you're also and your, your skills. skills. Yeah, and- yeah. So, 
yeah, no, that's very good. Um, yeah. Uh, did you take a look at the, the thing that that's the most noticeable to me? Like I haven't, I haven't done a deep dive on everything yet. Um, so, uh, is the pregens that I think that really improved the, uh, Oh yeah. There's like, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them because, uh, what they do now is there's three groups of four pregens each for a total of 12, but there's a firewall team, a gate crashing team, and a, criminal. and a criminal team. Now they're all ostensibly firewall agents with a different focus. Like the firewall people are, you know, very firewall and the, the gate crashers are firewall gate crashers. Then the criminal ones are undercover firewall agents, but, um, they each have, uh, not only do they, you know, have their set lines, they also have like a little role playing stuff like, Oh, here's what you think of your teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this guy's a jerk. That one's cool. You want to be like them. And that kind of thing. So, um, I really like that. That's going to make running one shots with them. Very easy. Indeed. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, uh, any other thoughts? Uh, once again, like I think no evil was one of our best campaigns. Okay. Yep. And I think, uh, we need, I, and I love sci-fi like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we get, we got to do a campaign. We do. Um, let's see. Uh, By the way, also, I don't think we're going to have a problem of not having enough books. <laughs> fair enough. At this point, every, I think every, almost everyone picked up a copy of Eclipse phase. Uh, a bunch of RPP people, RPPR people did. Um, but yeah, uh, but Greg, there are a couple other board games you want to talk about, right? Um, uh, yeah, I've, I demoed a whole bunch of games. I'll try to keep it short and sweet, but one I did wind up buying was Watergate. Um, oh, you did buy it? I did buy that oh, okay. one. It's it's a two-player game. Uh, <clears throat> Diane and I live together now, so we were always on the lookout for good two-player games. We mm-hmm. like Codenames Duet. We like Patchwork. And uh, I, th- I think this one's going to go over well. Uh, it As the name implies, uh, the game is centered around the Watergate uh, um, fiasco. And one player plays the Nixon administration, and the other player plays the Washington Post. And it's, I don't think asymmetrical is the right word, but the, each side has a different win condition. The board is literally a a red yarn conspiracy board, and around the perimeter are seven are the names of seven informants. And the Washington Post wins if they connect <laughs> two of the informants to Nixon in the middle of the board. Mm-hmm. And the Nixon administration wins if they get five momentum tokens. And, gotcha. and what that means is there's a there's a sideboard that has a a kind of a chart. And at the beginning of each round, a momentum token, an initiative token, and I think three pieces of evidence go in the middle and uh, each card in each player's deck they have different decks as well each card has either an event that can be played that has some special effect like recruiting uh informants uh, or or revealing information on the opposing team side but you can also play them to pull either evidence or momentum or initiative to your side and at the end of a round, after each player has played all five of their cards, the only thing that matters is, are those tokens on your side or the opposing side? If if evidence, for example, is on the post side, they can flip it, check the color, and put it on the board, trying to, again, connect those dots all the way to Nixon. If that evidence is on Nixon's side at the end of the round... They can keep it on its black side, which looks like redacted information, and they can put it on the board as a blockade and try to cut off paths of egress for the opponent. Mm -hmm. And so it's got this nice back and forth uh, where 
both sides have not only differing objectives, but differing strategies. Oh, okay. Nice. So you've already played it. I played a demo. We didn't play the full game. Uh, okay. We played two or three full rounds, but okay. I like. Well, that's I like yeah, yeah, I like the pacing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds really good. That's a brand new game, I believe. Uh, I, I think so. I think it premiered at Gen Con. Yeah, uh, it, it was, looked really cool. Uh, yeah, I might want to borrow from you at some point. Yeah, totally. uh, to try it out. Um, yeah. Um, let's see here, Tom. There actually was another RPG you mentioned. It was from the same people who did Never Going Home. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the game is Wild Skies, mm-hmm. and it's a. Uh, yeah, I bought the uh, the original book uh, actually three uh, three uh, two Gen Cons ago, mm-hmm. and uh, just you know, just you know, bear with me here, so you might so you might try to understand why I bought it. Okay, it's anthropomorphic animals uh-huh. in uh, it, when World War One never really ended, but is right. now with airships really? and it's all diesel punk. Oh yeah, no, you showed me that. Okay, uh, so it's the same people. Okay, yeah, cool. They, they essentially this did. They have a new book this year. Or they something? did. Oh, okay, uh, the last one was mostly Europe. Uh huh. That's obviously where all the big war stuffs happening. Sure, the big. They, war they stuff. released a book on for uh, North America, the U.S., mm-hmm. which now apparently is uh, there's a giant like they're like they're the only place where like direct energy weapons exist, and uh, as like most of most of the economy of the country is now one company. Okay. Uh, do you remember? Well, we'll look up the name of the, the actual book. Mm-hmm. Or do you remember what it was? No. I don't. Okay, okay, I'll look it up. Um, so, yeah, it sounds very cool. Um, in terms of that, uh, let's see. I think uh, you mentioned one other game. Well, uh, any other particular highlights you really want to mention for uh, Gen Con in terms of uh, games that you tried out or played, uh, purchased that we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, the the Apillion game was the only ticketed event I went yeah, to. Yeah. Besides, well, I also attended the RPPR live <laughs> and the Mix yeah. Six. Oh yeah, live. that was an event. Yeah, yeah. If you, if, event. You, if you haven't heard of them, check them out. Yeah, I don't know when we'll have the Mix Six up. Um, the RPPR live should already be up by the time you listen to this. Uh, it's got a great finale. I'll tell you that much. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. very memorable. But yeah, I spent most of the weekend either wandering the vendor hall trying to mm-hmm. check out all the new <laughs> hotness or at uh, RPPR after hours meetups playing games and hanging out and meeting people. Yeah. Um yeah, uh Tom. Uh first or? I'd like to give a shout out to the weather, which was actually kind of mild. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thank you weather. Yeah. Uh secondly, oh it's uh Liberating Strife is the name of the book. Liberating Strife. Okay. Yeah. Um and also yeah, it's just I was mentioning this to Micah the, on Wednesday when we were there. Like it's like, like man, it just, it just feels right to be here, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, after yeah, coming here 12 for, you know, 12 years, 12 years, uh, it does feel like coming home in some ways. Uh, it does. And uh, yeah, the, uh, there is a bit of decompression the day after Gen Con when you're like walking around, you don't see people in corners playing board games and you wonder what's or wrong. cosplayers and you're like, well, uh, I, I also kind of realized, dude, uh, like next year, it's going to be the Gen Con where I'm 40. Okay. Yep. That's going to be interesting. Yep. Uh, and yeah, um. I think also the the Gen Con is managing uh, the crowds pretty well. They like, are, they really are. Yeah, uh, the even though they're supposed to, they did break a record attendance. It's almost seventy thousand people are uh, just there. It's still, like, yeah. you can still get around. You can still get around. Um, Indy just uh, Indianapolis just announced they're going to be building more hotels to add uh, three thousand more rooms capacity in the downtown area so we're uh, not saying gen con has influence but uh yeah no clearly uh indy is gen con's town at this point um well not just them but also they want to get the super bowl again because apparently that's uh 
um, and other big events. But yeah, uh, they're they're just being shaped to host these massive events. Um, I know. By the way, yeah, the people of Indy love it. Yeah, at least, at least the servers and yeah. the, the servers and people. Yeah, work. the restaurants certainly do. Yeah. Um, did you get any uh, any other like highlights in terms of food? I mean, I'll talk about what I found right, well, in terms I, of new. Food. I, I, I want to give another shout out. Yeah. To Champs. Champs. Okay. At the bottom <laughs> of the uh, bottom of the Circle Center Mall. Yeah. Uh, because it's the place where we go all we, we most go often mm-hmm. because it's one of the you were talking about going to the ram a lot i thought you went to the, that the we, ram we was did your... oh we did twice mm-hmm. yeah because it's uh but they, champs is better than the ram no probably. champs is you can sit down whenever you want oh okay because they have a big bar section that's open seating yeah and not a lot of people you know a lot of people go to the food court sure but a lot of them don't go down two levels yeah to the ground floor where there's the granite city uh, Champs and P.F. Chang's. Yeah. But, uh, there's also the Yard House. Um, yeah, Pramada Brothers. But yeah, honest, but really, it's that place you can actually just... Uh, you can show up there at 12 noon, beginning yeah. of lunch, and just walk into Champs and sit down, mm-hmm. which is bananas crazy for <laughs> Uh Fair enough. Uh, Greg? Uh, yeah, I, I owe Caleb a thank you for name-dropping uh, during the RPPR Live episode, a yeah. place called India Garden. I, oh. <laughs> went, I went there the following day, and it was exactly as chill and as good food and yeah. as good service as he said it was. I will definitely go there again next year. Also, this this is kind of a rave and Kind of oh. not. I would right. say, um, the, uh, High Velocity, the restaurant underneath the, the JW, mm-hmm. they had uh, what what they called the Gamer Royale. It yeah. Was, it was a they had a couple thing. of theme things. They yeah. had a couple of themes. The other one was like, you have to have a minimum of four people yeah, to the even order feast. this thing. Yeah. The yeah. Heroes Feast. Yeah. The, but I ordered the Gamer Royale, yeah. and I kind of regret it, but kind of don't. <laughs> it, it was a burger, ostensibly. Yeah. But the the bun was an oversized, uh, basically cheddar biscuit, like the kinds you get at Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me those things. Oh my god! <laughs> the The exact wording on the flyer was nineteen dollars and worth and completely worth it. Hmm. So cheddar biscuit bun, eight ounce burger patty, patty sausage, ham, a fried egg, bacon. Gravy. Uh, okay, not so much anymore. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all. That's Jal- jalapeno, which I put to the side. Yeah, because I wasn't ready veg- for all who that. Needs, who needs plant matter on that? Get that. Fuck, point. <laughs> fuck your digestive system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I know I'm forgetting something, but I couldn't even finish half of it. Yeah. No. That's oh. that's. Ugh. Actually, uh, you want to talk about? Like, also, I have another like like great moments in unable to eat a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went to uh, for Renee's birthday. We went to Giordano's. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of if you could do two that. slices of Giordano's, that's you got you've got you've got a good appetite because <laughs> it's delicious. But I cannot. It is impossible for me to eat more than two pieces. Wow, it, New York slice size? Uh, it's, no, it's a uh, it's Chicago style. Oh, Chicago style. It's yeah, one of the yeah, original yeah. Chicago styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, like food like Gen Con food is always great. Yeah. Uh, so any other new tricks or tips or, or you know, uh, uh, for learn this year for Gen Con? Um, I would say uh, Con Funk wasn't really so much of a problem on the floor itself. Uh, okay, yeah. Except in the elevator of my hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, even if you're, if you're going down to a free breakfast, but it's public, 
Mm-hmm. Take a shower. Cleanse before. yourself. Like, yeah. yeah, I got on the elevator. Don't there. go to breakfast, then come back up for the shower. Do the yeah, shower like first. Yeah, four yeah. like four guys got on the elevator. Yeah, clearly wearing filthy clothes, uh-huh. and uh, just and you can tell all of their hair was just greasy. Yeah, yeah, bad and head. Yeah. And then like the smell hits you. It's like it's travel. It's like. There's the speed of light is how you see them, and then there's the speed of smell, which is just behind it. Yeah, even nice. even the the smell of freshly fried bacon grease can only cover so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Greg, any other new tips learned this year? Um, <clears throat> as previously covered, don't schedule anything before 10 a.m. Yeah, maybe oof. don't maybe don't schedule anything at all. Maybe just buy twenty dollars worth of generics, and then when you feel you've had your fill of the vendors hall, just go into a a specific company's promotional room, Renegade mm-hmm. or Magpie or what have you, and yeah. and say, hey, what do you got open? Well, I mean, that depends. Like, um, because there, it depends on what kind of events you're interested in. Because some events are just going to be sold out, and the people are going to show up for them. Yeah. Uh, some events are more tolerant for generics than others. I feel um, certainly if you're thinking about games on Saturday or Sunday, you're you're much more likely to be able to get in with generics because mm-hmm. people are going to like. Fatigue definitely hits by Saturday um, and Sunday, so people are going to be like, oh, I'm not going to a noon game. Uh, that's way too early <laughs> for me if it's Saturday or Sunday, uh, or they're going to be leaving by Sunday. Um, but I know I did one event that was 10 a.m. Sunday, and we had all everybody had tickets for that. So, like, and there was like 12 people there. So, I'm glad we got we had the tickets, not just mm-hmm. generic, so we could get in because they turned away people with generics. But that was also a high demand thing. It was a, a kill team and space alt kind of thing. So, like, with custom terrain print and stuff i'll talk about it more in my segment yeah. but uh, or i already did when you listen to this but um so i think it's dependent on the like if you if it's like a special like oh here's a gm who's going to call cthulhu with props and shit and like maybe get the tickets for that just to guarantee it if you can but if it's like oh it's just a game or especially if it's like games on demand then yeah of course just show yeah up. that's that's fair if it's yeah. the new hotness or if it's something in the high yeah. demand then plan for that if that's something that you're really interested in yeah but otherwise i generics find- are a pretty good bet like i had yeah. i ran a game of red markets and there were some uh, i could have let in more players with generics if they were there so yeah um but yeah uh sorry you were saying yeah Okay. Uh, that's that's the long and the yeah. short of it uh, plan figure out th- the things you want to do <coughs> Make yeah. your make make your yearly bucket list and anything that's not on that just kind of take life as it comes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, I learned uh, it's, there's also a couple of things I saw this Gen Con. Oh, one, yeah. one I learned from uh, Jason Arishu. Oh yeah. I'm sure he's going to talk about it when he does his recording. Part. Yeah. But be wary of games that do not advertise that they are LARPs, <laughs> and then you get there and you find yeah. out uh-huh. it is a LARP. Really? Jason had a lot of problem with games this year. I remember him talking about a, a terrible Conan game, the the old oh, no, TSR he, oh, rules. Oh, he messaged us like we were playing. We were uh, yeah. we were playing uh, Micah's game, and then I get a text. He says, "Like we're three out." Was like was like we're four hours in, and most of it was three <laughs> combat encounters. Yeah, no. Uh, although I don't know what he was expecting. If he's doing like the TSR 1980s version of Conan, like of course it's going to be nothing but fucking combat. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, but yeah, if if your event, um, yeah, be very re, yeah, make sure you know what category it's in. If it's miss, a, if it's the wrong category, be willing to not go and just get a refund because mm-hmm. you can get a refund. Um, and there's also like, and let the people organize it. Like you put this in the wrong category. I want. I didn't want to LARP. Like yeah. And also another thing I discovered, which took me by surprise, is yeah, uh, there was a Forbidden Games board game company had a game called Raccoon Tycoon. Yeah, which. W- w- 
I think I think showed up last Gen Con and sold out. Yeah, and was back this year and sold out. Yeah, it I mean, is like, very cute. I know. I'm like, what? I was actually tempted to get a copy, and then I missed my chance because exactly. I didn't. Th- I didn't think it would sell out. Yeah. No, because I was exactly like, okay, this was here last year. Surely I can get. I can come in on Sunday when maybe they drop. Well, it. I thought because I saw it uh, not only at its publisher, but I also saw it at Cool Stuff Inc. And Cool Stuff Inc. Um, has really good deals. But like, I figure, oh well, if it's at Cool Stuff Inc., like then it's clearly they're gonna have tons of it. Like, yeah, I don't need to worry about. It. So wait until Sunday because better deals on Sunday. And then mm-hmm. like, oh no, we sold out the first day. I'm like, oh. I missed my chance, also, but on the other hand, I'm like, oh, thank God, I didn't have to buy it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, one of like probably one, leave it to the furry to get that game, Ross. I yeah, <laughs> I I can get games with furry themes. Yeah. It's fine. also like uh, just don't think we ever need to stay past noon at, at Gen- on Sunday. I like not being rushed on Sunday. Well, I mean, but we don't need to stay for the whole thing. Uh, well, well, that's that's all the logistics of next year. I don't want to think about them right now. <laughs> I already am. I know you are. Because uh, that's how I roll. It is literally how you roll. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, cool. Uh, really good segment. Uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, Jason Brown, Renee, and Aaron talking about their experiences. So, Gen Con! Yeah. Gen, Gen Con! Con. <laughs> All right. Bye. So, sit back. Let's dive into some of the best that they believe has to offer. From essential classics to underrated gems. 